that talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. We are doing the defensive depth chart today. We did the offensive depth chart in a big bad Wednesday podcast. This is now your Thursday pod. We're recording this Wednesday evening. And it's good because in between us recording the offensive depth chart pod and the defensive depth chart pod, one of the big defensive guys announced that he's staying. So that really matters. But as we did with the offensive depth chart, we're going to have Nathan Baird lay it out what he projects for the two deep. And then uh, Steven and I will yell at him. Uh, I really like that format, Nathan. I think this is really, we're zeroing in. We just had another meeting with our bosses. We're really fine tuning Buckeye talk and the idea of like Nathan does research and then Doug and Steven attack it. I just, we are just finally rounding into form. Um, So, you know what? I want to start on the back end. Let's start at the back and work our way front. So why don't you start with what you have for the secondary safeties and cornerbacks, what you project for the Ohio state Buckeyes in 2021. So, and, and I want to say number one, that there were a lot of people on, uh, on the texts who noticed uh, the format of yesterday's offensive line depth chart being, I would say things and then you guys would be mean to me. And uh, I, it did work well. I mean, I think they're coming back for more. So let's see what we can do. I'll also say this was, I thought a tougher one to do pretty much all the way through not so much maybe some of these at the back end, but, but all the way through. And so what I end up saying here to start this one and what I end up writing for the post that people also see Thursday morning might be very different. I think you guys are going to, this will be collaborative. I think you guys will talk me into how we, how we structure some of this, but uh, so, okay. Starting on the back end, let's start all the way at the back at safety. I think Josh Proctor is the starting free safety at the start of the next season. And Ronnie Hickman is the backup. Steve, do you have any issue with that? No, I don't. I think the conversation about who the backup is, I for right now, I think, yeah, that, that, that makes some sense. But I also think that there might be some movement around well, I think who ends up being the backup. But for the sake of, yeah, for right now, yeah, I agree. I guess, should I also say then in tandem, I mean, maybe, maybe it behooves me to say that the slot corner slash strong safety, maybe you should also talk about that in the same breath because I think we might be talking yeah. about some of the same guys. So I had – uh, Lathan Ransom down as a starting slot corner, strong safety. Marcus Hooker is the backup there. That helps because I think, I think whoever is not the starter at one of those two positions is maybe the backup at both right now. So the, the, the part of this conversation is what are the positions? <laughs> what yes. are we? And we talked about this before. Like, are we talking about two deep safeties? Are we talking about a world where, which is kind of the world they played against Alabama, where, okay, well, they have two deep safeties, but sometimes that safety comes down, that we're back to a more traditional safety thing where you come down and play strong safety sometimes and you cover the slot, but then also you can play deep safety. That's not a slot corner. Like, it's hard to figure out a little bit, Nathan, what this back end look like, might look like in terms of personnel because we're not sure exactly what it's going to look like in terms of structure. Right. And actually, I realized I just screwed something up. I left Marcus Williamson off for that. I think he's probably in that conversation too at slot corner, strong safety, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I feel like I would still probably project Lathan Ransom as a starter there right now, regardless of which way they go with that. Um, and, and it's, it may be interchangeable the way that they use it a lot of times. So let me ask this hooker. Why isn't it, why is it hooker Proctor's backup at deep safety? Cause hooker didn't really ever play strong safety or play the slot this year. Right. Later in the season, he was getting some more reps there. I mean, he wasn't really involved at, at free safety once he came back 
from the injury. Okay. The, from, from my recollection, you guys may, but I don't remember him getting any snaps of free safety after that. And he was in pregame, he was warming up as kind of that, that slot corner. So I guess the question is, has Marcus Hooker, who was the starter at deep safety in 2020, has he reached the point where like they won't play him back there? Because I think it makes sense of like, okay, nobody is projecting Marcus Hooker as a starter for next year, but I like the idea. I think they have more athletic, interesting options for strong safety slash the slot and Hooker started the season there. So if it's like, all right, Hooker's Proctor's backup, he's just not going to play unless Proctor gets hurt. But he's the backup. He's the veteran backup who used to be the starter there. I think that possibly makes sense. And even Hickman, and I'm not disputing, like, I don't want to get too in the weeds on the backup thing. But there are a lot of guys like, I like Hickman, I think, maybe down, right? In some mm-hmm. coverage stuff on this lot. We like Ransom down there. I think maybe Legend Cavazos in a mix there. I think Cam Martinez. I think they have multiple interesting options for strong safety slash slot. And I think it might just be like, Proctor, Hooker, they're back there. And I do think, Stephen, some of this on our scholarship chart, we have some guys listed at corner that might end up at safety. And I think there's some moving parts here. Nathan, this is difficult because there are a lot of young guys that we think might be good that we don't know how we're going to fit in. So, Stephen, I mean, you've been on the recruiting a lot of these guys. We know Kerry Combs signed a big class. We do not have a sense of how these guys are going to fit in yet. I think – I think I asked Kerry Combs the first time we got to talk to him before the world shut down of like, what's the idea of how you want things to work out with defensive backs? And he always says you start them at outside corner and work them from there. I think there are going to be some guys from this 2020 class, especially now that they've been on campus for a year. We see move back around. Legend Cabaz was played safety most of his career until his senior year to get ready to come to Ohio State. He moved to the outside corner. Uh, and then 2021, Andre Tarantino is a corner, but he also was playing safety. Jansen Dunn is, he told me directly that, they see him being Jordan Fuller. So there's that one situation where you've at least got another guy who's in the consideration for a single high safety spot. So now, but, but these 2020 guys, especially now that they've been here for a year, I think the only guy that we can say 100% is going to be an outside corner is Ryan Watts. And that's just because of how he's built everybody else. I think we might see move around now that they know that we can't wait until the playoffs to start playing two safeties. So as we know, there are five guys, because one of the guys who's kind of like a secondary guy slash linebacker guy probably is more like a linebacker guy. But Kayla Johnson, Jordan Hancock, and Andre Turrentine, Denzel Burke, and Jansen Dunn are the five guys in the secondary who will be true freshmen next year. And I don't know, I don't know that anybody's thinking like, okay, well, you got to put the true freshman right into a two deep because yes, they need to add to that room, right? We know that. But Nathan, I, I, and we can start talking about corner too, but like, do, are, do you have any of the true freshmen in a two deep or is that a little bit of a bridge too far? And they have just enough depth in the room where we aren't projecting true freshmen in the two deep yet. It was a bridge too far for me, partially because of the usage that we saw from them this past season, right? I mean, there were times when it was a borderline catastrophe at a couple of those positions and they were pretty steadfast, not giving those guys opportunities until finally Lathan Ransom got a shot late in the season, uh, but almost again, there out of necessity, almost when they were really stripped thin at, at safety. So I would be surprised if any of, especially because then those true freshmen would also have to be jumping over, as Steven says, some of these 2020 guys who would presumably be in line to get a shot too. I, that's one thing that I, I think could happen though, that there's some guys 
who um, who didn't maybe get as much of a shot last year, who could still jump over some of these veteran guys that are coming back now that they have a whole year under them. I'm just going to. Court run- Williams has not been brought up yet, and I think we need to do that um, because I, I, we're going to bring up Cam Brown when we get to the corners in a, in a minute here. But um, Court Williams might. We kept saying that he might have been on the field this year in that role that Lathan Ransom was in had he not torn his ACL. He'll probably be back healthy. Um, that's the role. That strong safety role is what he was brought in here to play. I wouldn't be surprised if that's if he's in the running for that as well. I thought he was brought in to play bullet. Yeah, I that's what he was I thought more too. like a linebacker guy. Strong safety bullet. No, that's, no, no, I mean, no, 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 no. But but here because here's the thing that I, I, so we're making some important points here, and we're talking about the structural thing. Something that somebody brought up, uh, somebody else that I was reading brought up. I think it might have been on PFF or I can't remember where. It might have even been Deontay Lee when they moved. Pete Werner from strong side linebacker to weak side linebacker. And they did the reverse with Baron Browning, right? Last year Mm -hmm. in 2019, we were like, what are they doing at times when Pete Werner slid back as they rotated defensively, slid back to a deep safety spot. But when you're playing that hybrid safety linebacker role, you do want a guy who's able to do that. They never did that with Baron Browning because Baron Browning can't do that. Baron Browning is, is like a linebacker who's kind of like a rush end. Pete yeah. Warner is a linebacker who's kind of like a safety. So in freeing up Pete Warner to be the weak side linebacker, they wound up with the guy at the strong side linebacker who doesn't have the safety capabilities that actually might help them out. So I still think it's possible because, listen, Lathan Ransom's coming down and playing strong safety slash slot corner in the national championship game and playing man coverage on Jalen Waddle. I – don't think that's what Court Williams' role is, right? Court Williams I don't, is on my list. I didn't have him in the secondary. What did we? Okay, so, so what we, we calling we Josh trapped. Proctor at the beginning of the season? I don't because think Court Williams is Josh Proctor. Do you think that he, role he was in the first? The, the, what he was doing on third downs in the first three games of the season? Well, I I think that was the bullet. So part of it is it is. Oh my God, we're back in the bullet. Words so much. <laughs> back in the bullet. Biting so the bullet. So, so let's remove let's remove the bullet discussion, honestly. Okay. Yeah. And let's more discuss Sam linebacker that has coverage responsibilities at times versus slot corner strong safety. Okay. I think those are the two distinctions. When Josh Proctor was coming down and doing that stuff, a lot of the times on third down, he's locked up in some coverage stuff on guys that I just don't know that that's what Court William is. Court Williams is. I think Court Williams is more like blitz cover tight ends but i don't think you want court williams locked up in man coverage on a receiver i just don't think that's quite what he is like he's more like 2019 werner right i think he's more like 2019 werner and i do think there's a lot of room for maneuverability but in my head if the bullet and we're not really using the word but if the bullet is half safety half linebacker like Josh Proctor is like the safety half of that. Court Williams is the linebacker half of that to me, but I'm not thinking about Court Williams and Lathan Ransom as doing the same things. Is that fair? Whatever the name is, I think of them in different ways. And I do think, again, part of this is, do you reach a world where you're kind of playing two linebackers and like Court Williams is your third linebacker, but he's not quite a linebacker, right? So it's very complicated, I feel comfortable, Nathan. You said you don't have Court Williams in your secondary discussion. I'm comfortable with that. Steven, are you less comfortable with that? We're all talking about the same thing. I don't want to get caught up on the names of the positions. It's more about responsibilities. 
but I don't see Court Williams and Lathan Ransom having the same responsibility. I, I, I see where you're coming from. I think it was just worth a discussion because I think when we did get a chance to talk to him as one of the early enrollees, he did say he was in the safety room at the time. So yep. and that's maybe semantics of it and all that. But I do think it was worth bringing his name up within the safety secondary conversation because he did say that. It's interesting. It's almost they have some, they have some choices to make is how they deploy guys, because what I'm thinking yeah. more about now is just that the strong safety is more like a Sean Wade type who can come. He could maybe play deep coverage or can come down and play coverage on a guy. And it's if we're going to call strong safety, what we used to call slot corner. It's very complicated. Court Williams is going to have a role. I think it, for the moment, Stephen, you make a good point. He did say that he's in the safety room, but his skill set is not quite still really like a safety skill set. Sam, yeah. so it's confusing. Okay, Nathan, let's keep Court Williams more in the linebacker discussion for now. I think we've come around to the idea of that makes sense how you have that. So if we have Proctor. And somebody, Proctor starting deep safety, somebody else there. Lathan Ransom as this starter, as a starter in that other area. Slot corner slash strong safety. Does anybody have a problem with that? I like it. No. Yeah, I like it. I, I mean, he's been doing it in the most important games already, so you might as well just have him keep doing that role. Now, well, not – not a hundred percent because he was the nickel in those situations and they still had Marcus Williamson out as the, the other safety in those situations. Yeah. So it wasn't that he was playing over Marcus Williamson. I just look at him as someone with a higher ceiling and that as you're trying to project guys who might make a step, I think what Marcus Williamson's step has happened. And I think legend, I think the ransom can step past him. And I think it's possible that Marcus Williamson, who was basically a starter this year, comes back and is maybe kind of not a starter next year, but mm -hmm. has a role as they move guys in and out. Does that, is that kind of where we might be on that? I think him coming back is an important thing for this team because they still do need veteran depth back there. They can't be, you don't necessarily want to early on in the season. If you like, if something were to happen and now Marcus Williamson isn't there and now you do have to turn to a true freshman early in the season for important snaps. You don't want that. I think it can be an important thing that Marcus Williamson's back. I think it's possible that by the end of the year of the guys that we're talking about snap count, right? Let's talk snap count, which is a good way to figure out how important you were that Josh Proctor would be first. I think Lathan ransom might be ahead of Marcus Williamson in number of snaps, but Marcus Williamson has a pretty healthy number of important snaps. Mm -hmm. Still. Is that kind of what you're thinking, could Nathan? It, yeah. I mean, I could, I guess you could even say a 2019 um, Borland Browning kind of situation happening there. Yeah. Or maybe Williamson starts, but who do you have on the field at the most crucial times, late in games, that sort of thing. And I do think it's possible that if they do go to some two safety looks, as they did against Alabama, again, it wasn't Marcus Hooker back there. It was Marcus Williamson's kind of for the first time playing some more deep safety that maybe like Marcus Hooker is a second teamer in this mix, but would have significantly fewer snaps than Josh Proctor, Lathan Ransom, and Marcus Williamson. One thing I want to drop in that also complicates this is we're, we're looking at things through the lens of how we saw them end the season. Marcus Hooker was injured at some point there. I mean, he missed games because of injury. He wasn't one of the guys who was out because of COVID. He was a game time decision and then wasn't able to play. I don't know how much that played into how much he was used then as a defensive back after that. I think he was still playing special teams. He was still warming up for games. So he was involved but he was no longer out there on the field playing defensive back. I don't know if the injury affected that. And if he's healthy again next year, if that puts him back farther up the list, I don't know. But, but he also obviously had some performance issues when he was healthy. 
I think what sometimes injuries can do is it gives somebody else an opportunity. And once they show you what they can do, they force you not, you can't take them back off the field. So when you're an older guy, getting hurt is sometimes the worst possible thing that can happen to you because the younger guy can prove what we already think. It looked like to us that Marcus Hooker was making mistakes and maybe wasn't going to keep his job. And then some injury stuff happened. So I think Nathan is important to note it, Mm -hmm. but also it seemed like it was trending that way, possibly anyway, which I think everybody listening to this realizes. All right, let's talk corners. And then again, I do think there's a world here where it's like, I think we can talk three corner spots because I do think there might be a slight difference between a slot corner and a strong safety, but not really, but we don't have to talk three corner spots. Lathan Ransom, I think is going to play a lot, whatever you call him. So however you want to do this, Nathan. Right. So I guess I already mentioned the slot corner situation there. Um, So the outside corners, I had seven banks and Cam Brown as the starters. And for now I'll put Tyreek Johnson and Ryan Watts as the backups Tyree Johnson had that two deep spot all season, even though he didn't really play that much. Uh, we don't have any reason to believe like he won't be with the program next year, but he certainly is a guy that you wonder if he's, he's been surpassed at this point and they'll look for one of the younger guys to take that spot. I want you to be wrong. So bad. So bad. I just, it, I think, I, 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 I think you are thing- wrong. I think I, I think I probably am, but I also don't know yeah. who I would put there right now. I guess Ryan, Ryan Watts there instead. I had Ryan Watts as the other one, but yeah. I mean, would you Legend put Cavazos? And then you've got two top one hundred guys coming in. And I I do think I I do understand. It's just hard to put true freshmen in, but and I know you had Hickman as a second teamer right in the safety room, but at the moment, in terms of contributing to the secondary, one way or the other. I think I would put Ronnie Hickman, Ryan Watts, Legend Cavazos, and Cam Martinez potentially all ahead of Tyreek Johnson because he got his chance and then he just didn't play anymore. And whether he's here or not, I think perhaps he's had his opportunity and it's not there. And I think Legend Cavazos, Ryan Watts, Cam Martinez, and Ronnie Hickman are coming. And now it's the thing again, is Ronnie Hickman – is he a corner? Is he a safety? Whatever. I think he works in there somewhere. But Legend Cavazos, and I know, Stephen, you're high on him. Nathan, we're, I think we're all intrigued by him, right? But if yeah. I were doing this, Banks, Brown, first team, Watts, Cavazos, second team, and let Tyreek mm-hmm. Johnson prove us wrong, I think also makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It's just a matter of which one – who else do you think is an outside cornerback? Because I think that is that is a factor here. There's certain guys that they look at at that spot, and there's certain guys that they don't. It's just it's just as there are certain guys that they like better at slot than than other guys. So that was my hesitation to putting someone above some of these other guys who we even talk about in the safety conversation. Would they also fit at outside cornerback? And I think Cam Martinez is somebody we have to track. We don't know how all that's going to come together at the moment. I think it has a chance to come. I mean, he's probably not going to move to receiver because that room is so stacked. Right. But I think it has a chance to come together in like a way for Cam Martinez that like, we're not exactly sure um, what the deal is. And it feels like he's probably a slot corner, but he was second team in those games where like people were missing because of code. He's five ten. Denzel Ward's five ten. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, I don't want to pigeonhole him in only the slot. And you know what? This guy is an explosive, explosive athlete, right? Steven. I mean, this guy is maybe underrated as a recruit and you've just got to figure him out, but it feels like this guy, once he gets figured out, has a chance to be a major impact. 
that kid had a hundred touchdowns in high school, which is a ridiculous feat to accomplish. But yeah, I, I think he, like I said, he was second team in those games where people were missing for COVID and especially the big 10 championship game when they were warming up, he was with the second team slot. So I, Yes, Denzel Ward's five five ten, but Denzel Ward's also what a four four forty. I don't know if Cam Martinez has that Denzel type Ward. of speed. Yeah, and he's also Denzel Ward, so I don't know if he has that type of speed. But I do think he probably plugs right into that slot position pretty well because of what his athleticism is and his size. Yeah, if we enter a world where it's like Lathan Ransom and Cam Martinez are kind of like the two guys who kind of end up doing that stuff. When there's like a, a slot receiver who you got to cover, I mean that that wouldn't surprise me, Nathan. I think there are a lot of interesting options here. It is very hard to express it in a depth chart in January, with the way they play safeties, they play corners, and has they do have options, right? It does feel like there were times this year because getting Cam Brown. Now listen, Seven Banks and Cam Brown as the two outside starters are obvious, but. That's how important Cam Brown's absence was in 2020. He's a guy we're projecting to start in 2021, and they didn't have him for the second half of the year. Right. And, you know, it feels like they have more options. They're going to be in a better place, but it is very foggy. Yeah, and, and again, especially once you get farther down the depth chart, um, even once Cam Brown got hurt, just all those reps went to Wade and Banks. Like that was who played outside corner for Ohio State this year. That was they were just they just loaded up those guys. Now, just from conversations I had, I heard really good things about Ryan Watts. I that people are really high on him. Um, for whatever reason, though all the true freshmen really had a lot of trouble getting on the field. I just didn't hear that second thing where someone was like really psyched about someone as an outside cornerback. So that's why that's maybe almost like of this whole depth chart. Well, I shouldn't say that. There's some other cloudy stuff, but that's one of the cloudy things. Like who's your second, who would you put like money on to be like the second backup outside corner right now? So just very quickly, just to make sure we cover all the bases here, there are 12 veterans at the moment in the secondary, not counting the true freshmen. By corner, by safety, it's how we have them listed. By corner, Marcus Williamson, Seven Banks, Cam Brown, Tyreek Johnson, Ryan Watts, Legend Cavazos, Cam Martinez, that's seven of them. Then at safety, Josh Proctor, Marcus Hooker, Ronnie Hickman, Bryson Shaw, Lathan Ransom. So that's 12 guys for, you know, eight safety spots. I mean, not eight, eight secondary spots, you know, four, four starters and four backup guys knowing that there's going to be situational stuff. But Steven, I think in the, in conclusion, that group of 12, I don't think there's like an obvious superstar, right? That if when Jeff Okuda was a sophomore and coming back as a junior, you were like, well, that guy right? Not quite that, but it's a pretty interesting mix of 12. And I think fans should feel confident that they'll figure out an eight that are pretty decent. I think even with limited games, I think Cam Brown has a decent amount of experience because they did get to play a lot in 2019 because they were blowing everybody out. Seven Banks has had a whole year as a starter. So it's not a situation where it's we have no idea what anybody can do because nobody has any experience, even with Sean Wade coming back because he was playing slot corner. So at least that's not a worry. Now, of course, the worry is can they stop anybody? But at least you know that there is a, a, a certain amount of experience. Also, some of it is because of COVID. I mean, COVID has allowed some of these, like the Lathan Rantham probably wouldn't have gotten that opportunity if it weren't for some protocol stuff and some injury stuff. happening. But at least you know there's experience, even if it's not necessarily a Jeff Okuda type of guy where you're expecting him to have an all-American type season. And the problem with the 2020 secondary wasn't that there were guys who weren't as good as Jeff Okuda, Damon Arnett, and I would say even Jordan Fuller. The problem with the 2020 secondary was I thought there were multiple positions where we wondered if those guys were even better than the average Big Ten guy at their position, mm -hmm. right? 
Like that was, it wasn't just a drop. It was a plummet at some of those positions. And they've got to bring that up. They've got to bring the floor up in that secondary. And I think in the end, it's like, well, then what's really different? They're losing Sean Wade. And so what's really different? I think to me, what's different is if you believe if you settle Proctor into a spot and let him go, there's still a ceiling there that he has not come close to reaching. That I think you feel good about. And then to me, it's more about between like Cavazos and Ransom and Watts, right? That there's just some young guys who you couldn't rely on this year, but you can imagine somebody getting in the mix next year and pop it a little bit. Right. I think maybe you're going to raise that talent level, but a lot of it, I mean, as much, that's the interesting conversation. Seven banks and Cam Brown got to be good. I mean, we think they're going to be the starters. They got to be good. And I don't know. I mean, are they going to be, I mean, it's a threat. It's the standard here. They're going to be Marshawn Lattimore, Denzel Ward, Gary on Conley, Jeff Okuda, Damon Arnett, Sean Wade level. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough thing. A lot of it still rests on them. Even though there's a lot of interesting stuff going on behind them. Let's treat the secondary as a group. Nathan, one to 10. How do you feel about this secondary group? It's tough. It's so foggy. It's really tough. And yeah. I know we're, I think we're all going to say the same number because it's the number you say when it's tough. Five. Okay. I think that's fair. Steven, what's your number? <laughs> I was going to say five or four and a half. I'm a lot more optimistic about the cornerback recruiting than I am about what's actually on the roster. Yeah. I mean, you can see like by 22, it's going to be like good to go. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. like you're going to be like start- nine. You're going to start feeling it again, but you're still next year. You're still a little bit of trouble. I thought maybe we'd all say seven, but actually now that you guys say it, I think seven probably is high because we gave some sevens out on the offensive pod. Make sure you guys listen to the offensive pod for, for groups that had a lot more certainty than this group. There's not a lot of top end certainty here. And there's not a lot of, you're not, there's not certainty about the depth, but at least there's some options about the depth. So if you guys say five and four and a half, I'll say six. I will say six because I think, I think somebody pops. I think maybe somebody comes out of here and says like, wow, that guy looks like an all big 10 kind of guy. All right, quick break. We'll come back and do the linebackers. You're listening to the defensive depth chart breakdown on Buckeye talk. All right, Nathan, you got some work to do here. Everybody left. Goodbye, Pete Werner. Goodbye, tough Borland. Goodbye, Justin Hilliard. Goodbye, Baron Browning. The four linebackers who played any meaningful snaps this year gone. So what do you have for your two deep? So I actually think of the six spots here, starter and backup, I thought there were two that were fairly obvious. I think Taraja Mitchell is a starter at at Will linebacker. I think Dallas Gantt is a starter at Mike linebacker. As far as the Sam linebacker, right now I guess I'm leaning towards Craig Young. And I think that although that is probably going to end up being some sort of a timeshare situation, right? Like whether that means – Court Williams, Kayvon Pope has played there before, um, but I, I don't think it's necessarily one guy that just runs with it. Um, and then the backups I had, I had Pope, um, I had Mitchell Melton and Court Williams mentioned, and I had Reed Carrico in there even. It, it's There's not a lot of, of experience depth now at linebacker, really. It's these three seniors, seniors-to-be, I should say, who they've been waiting on for a while, and then some young guys who really didn't play at all this past season. Like, scant reps for, for people like Craig Young and, and Mitchell Melton, and even Kayvon Pope didn't play a lot, um, nor, nor did the two guys who you think are the sure starters. So it, it's a very up-in-the-air group to me. Let me do this real quick just to reset what we're talking about. 11 Warriors snap counts this season. Pete Werner, 494. Baron Browning, 355. Tuff Borland, 343. Justin Hilliard, 231. All gone. Among returning guys, Taraja Mitchell, 95. 
Dallas Gantt, 80, Craig Young, 39, and 29 of them were in one game, in the Rutgers game, in the blowout game. Kayvon Pope, 17, Cody Simon, 14, and then basically everybody else's special teams. So that's really what we're talking about here. It is wide open, Stephen. It is. Now, it's wide open, except that there are fourth-year guys who have been waiting forever to do this. That's not kind of why I think Cody Simon is going to play over Kayvon Pope. I, I think he's the fourth line, but I think Craig, I think you're right. I think Craig Young's the, the starting Sam and then Taraja and, and Will and Taraja and Dallas Gander, the inside linebackers. I think Cody Simon's their fourth linebacker next year as a top 100 guy in his second year in the program. Okay. Now this is, I think the court Williams discussion. Correct. So if court Williams is more of a linebacker, if he's a Sam linebacker slash safety, whatever, but that's really where he works in. If you think he is kind of special, in his approach to the game, he seemed mature beyond his years. He had a really tough injury, right? I wonder about a world where I agree with what you said off the top, Nathan. Dallas Gant and Taraji Mitchell are the easiest guys to slot in at starters. But if you make that Sam linebacker, again, more like a B word, that's where I get very interested in a lot of snaps for Court Williams very quickly. Now, they- coming off an injury, that could be hard, but that's where my head is. Mm-hmm. I say I think they like the concept of a conventional linebacker on early downs at Sam, right? I mean, we've seen that play out these last two years. I, I think even when they would use Pete Warner the way they used him, he's still a linebacker. I, I think that I think that's what's still going to happen. I expect that to still unfold in 2021. But I can certainly see a world now that it gets it gets interesting. We start talking about nickel and stuff, I suppose. But it, so is that how well, maybe you would see it too that one of those two inside guys and then Court Williams is the second linebacker for nickel scenarios. I think, I think that that's, could, yeah. but also remember in 2019, we said there was no bullet because Pete Warner was the Sam linebacker and the bullet. He was like two positions in one. He was just the neck. And I wonder if court Williams can play neck, right? That it's like, well, we cut his, his responsibilities might change, but we trust him as a first and second down Sam linebacker. And then when we're looking for more coverage stuff, we don't sub somebody out because it's still him. That's what so I Craig wonder Young about. Just- it doesn't backup? have a role here. I mean, uh, is it backup? I mean, it's Craig Young. Okay. It'll be Craig Young's second year or third year? Third year. Next, He's 2019. Third next year. So that's the thing. Maybe, but maybe it's Craig Young is first and second down. Court Williams comes in on third. Maybe it's that too. Maybe Court, I mean, Court Williams is a year younger and coming off injuries. He's going to beat out Craig Young. Craig Young had a role this year. There were times where they were putting him out there with some snaps that matter. So maybe I'm, I'm over my skis too much on Court Williams. But if you love Court Williams, right, if you believe like, yikes, that guy's got something, then I think you have to entertain this idea. And it's always one of those things that's my favorite thing is spring football, where you think something all offseason and you get out there. And, and again, are we going to see practice? Who knows? But if you can watch practice and you watch the first team line up for the first time and you go, whoa, that guy's running with the first team. I didn't see that coming. And again, that's where I am maybe on court Williams, but I, I guess probably right now, Mitchell Gant young probably makes Steven. You think that makes more sense than anything else. Those projected starters. Not seeing anything right now. Yes. But now that you said all that, I'm worried about, I mean, we saw it with the defense in the secondary last year where the guy who maybe should have been on the field, didn't get on the field playing the role he should have been playing until COVID and injuries came, came into play. I'm, I'm now worried if we see a situation like that, where, you should just have Court Williams do what Pete Warner did in 2019 and just be the linebacker and just turn into the bullet on third down. 
Instead, we see a situation where Craig Young is the guy on the first two downs, and then you go with Court Williams, and it's not working for a while. And then something has to happen that forces out Washington and Greg Madison to just go, okay, Court Williams is just that linebacker now. I mean, but let's not forget also Court Williams had the very truncated spring last year, and then he tears his ACL. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of things here, too, that he may not be ready from day one next year to assume that kind of role. So I, I like what I think what Doug is saying makes a lot of sense. And I think it could be a role that he transitions to maybe over the course of the year. I just I have a hard time expecting it from day one next year, considering how little experience he has, even with a year in the program. And just to reset again, we're talking about eight veteran linebackers. And by veteran, I mean anybody who's not a true freshman. Dallas Gantt, Taraja Mitchell, Kayvon Pope, Craig Young, Tommy Eichenberg, Cody Simon, Court Williams, Mitchell Melton. Cody Simon and Mitchell Melton are like interesting guys. But again, we just have no read on those guys. I know, Stephen, yep. you mentioned Cody Simon. It's just we just do not have a read on them because they didn't play on mm-hmm. defense at all. Yeah, and somebody was at Kerry Combs. Somebody in preseason was mentioning Mitchell. Maybe it was even Kevin Wilson talking about the guys that they have to go up against practice. I can't remember. Some coach specifically had name-dropped him prior to the yeah. season, somebody who was impressing him. So that's kind of one of the reasons I threw him in the mix. But I don't we, – we hear that all the time. Like, oh, that, so-and-so is really showing us something in practice, and they play four snaps. That's why I like to go off the the, pre, the pregame warm-ups because they would have Cody Simon in their second team sometimes at that, sec, at that second – the Mike linebacker with the second unit. So that's – you're right. We should listen to it when they say, oh, this guy's doing stuff. But also that could be just a, a pat me on the back because he's had a good practice while before the game we actually see – if something happens, this is who goes in the game. So here's the question, though, right? We just talked about those four guys who are leaving, who were all very solid, and they played forever. I mean, they were a really important part. It's a very interesting linebacker group. Pete Warner is going to get drafted. Baron Browning is going to get drafted. They might get drafted in the top 100. I mean, like, I think they both could be, like, third-round picks, right? I mean, who knows? But, you know, I mean, not to not to be a jerk about it, but – I just keep saying nobody's Ryan Chazier. I mean, there's just a, it's one of those things at Ohio state. It's like the, the standard at this position, this is a standard everywhere. I mean, what are you talking about? It's like, Oh, the defensive ends are supposed to be the Bosa brothers and chase young. The cornerbacks are supposed to be Marshawn Lattimore and Jeff Okuda. And the linebackers are supposed to be Ryan Chazier, AJ Hawk and James Laurinaitis. Like, what are you talking about? There's a standard everywhere, but I just, there, no, there wasn't a Ryan Chazier. Right. So I'm curious. We've all been waiting to see Dallas Gantt. I'll tell you what, when Dallas Gantt plays, it looks fine. Looks good to me. Taraja Mitchell. I've been writing about Taraja Mitchell in the spring for three years. I mean, like, I can't wait to see Taraja Mitchell. Now, on one hand, you would think if they were that awesome, if they were Ryan Chase here, they would have moved past one of these guys. On the other hand, I just don't know that they ever really had that chance because these guys were not going anywhere. They were not going to bench. Pete Werner, Tough Borland, and Baron Browning for anybody, I don't think. And I'm not, I'm not saying they should have. But is it possible that even though they're losing four very good veteran linebackers, could the linebackers be better next year? Nathan, like, is that out there? I, better, maybe. I think certainly um, equal is definitely on the table. Again, because of what you're saying. Like, it wasn't – those guys did their job, and they did it very well. They are very reliable guys. I think you're also right in that there are intangibles – that that Borland and Werner had that I think the coaches valued so much uh, that, that that's sliding them a little bit though, because I think especially in Werner's case, he actually did get out there and play consistently strong too, but you're not talking about all American guys. You're not even talking about, I think in any of those cases, first team, all big 10 guys, maybe Werner was this year. I can't remember, but like fringe in that, in that capacity. So 
could those guys come out and collectively not feel a drop off at linebacker? I think it's possible. I also think it's possible too, that like the past two years, they've talked all this crap about, Oh, we've got this really versatile group and we can throw anybody out anywhere. And any of these guys can play and we're going to mix it up and it never happens. Right. I mean, they're just playing those same, those four seniors. So maybe this year though, I actually see where, especially at that same linebacker spot, it just gets mixed up a little bit more that you're maybe not looking at a very rigid formation. I think I agree with that. And I do think that, that this linebacker group can be the exact same as last year's linebacker group. And this defense will be, won't suffer because of it. Is it, is it okay if I kind of just want to get to the Desan McCullough, CJ Hicks, Gabe Powers yes. linebacker yeah, I was going to say that because I'll believe the versatility talk when those three get here, because I've seen CJ Hicks playing person. That kid is a freak and Desan McCullough looks like a freak. So yeah, I'll believe the whole, we can put anybody anywhere when that 2022 group gets here. And then you just throw in Reed Carrico in the middle and have him boss, boss everybody around. Yeah, then I'll believe it. Until then, I don't believe any versatility talk. I think the secondary of the linebackers are similar in that I think they're fine for this year. Like, I think they'll be okay in 2021, but, like, it's coming. The, the level, the rise and the talent level, right, it's their, it's the 20, right, it's the 2021 secondary guys who you can't count on mm-hmm. as true freshmen. And it's the 2022 linebackers. So it's like, oh, wait till 2024, baby. You guys want to do the 2024 <laughs> defensive depth chart real quick? We can talk about, yeah, let's talk. No, let's talk about some seventh graders and talk about why some seventh grade quarterback is going to be the greatest quarterback in Ohio State history. Yeah. Desan, I know, I know you're two years away from getting to Ohio State, but are you worried that a current seventh grader might take your job when you're a junior and he's a true freshman? I mean, I just think you can see it, right? So we're still kind of in this. Uh, we're in a little bit, not a lull, it's the wrong word, but they're not, they didn't quite hit on the recruiting at the elite, elite level at these two positions as they often have and as they did later. So it's coming. But right now, Nathan, your grade for what you think the linebackers, your number one to 10 for 2021. So it's tough because on one hand, I, you got a couple more guys here who are veteran and, but, but also we just haven't really seen them do it in a way that even some of the guys we have in the secondary, but we're downgrading the secondary because we saw them do it and it wasn't that good. So what do I want to say? Maybe I'm just going to go with another five at linebacker. Steven, you had four and a half for the secondary. Where are you for linebacker? I am a seven here because I just think they're going to be the same. And them being the same isn't the reason why Ohio State couldn't beat Alabama. Yeah, I, I, I think they might be like slightly not as good early. I just am wondering, I, I just think it's possible that people go, how did Dallas Gantt not start before now, right? That there are moments where it's like, that was here the whole time. And it's not a shot at anybody else. It's just like, man, you know, like I just, I think that might be out there for somebody. I just, I think it's, it's, it's one of the things there's potential here. The thing about the linebackers the last couple of years is you knew what they were. And you got the same guys. They started in 18. The same guy started in 19. The same guy started in 20. And Greg Schiano screwed up the linebackers in 18. And I think the 18 linebacker play got stuck in our heads. And it affected how we viewed them in 19 and 20. Probably unfairly. Almost most certainly unfairly. They were better than the 18 version, right? But this is all new. And no offense to anybody, new is fun. I am excited to see what Dallas get looks like when you give him a, not give him a job when he earns a job. I am excited to see what Taraja Mixer looks like. Craig young intrigues court Williams. Great. So I'll give him a six, which is the same thing I gave the secondary because they're 
They haven't showed as much. You know, Seven Banks has shown more than anybody in the linebacker room, not even close. Josh Proctor has shown a thousand times more than anybody in the linebacker room. But I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, and I think they'll be fine, and I think they might be better. But it's hard, Stephen. Like, it's hard to balance at this point in an evaluation experience versus potential because the, the linebackers have weird experience. They have practice experience, mm. but none of them have really ever played. Whereas Seven Banks and Josh Proctor, at least, I mean, they've been starters. They've played. So there's much more starting experience in the secondary than there is a linebacker. Yeah, which is why I hope people don't hear this and just think that we think this defense is going to be terrible next year. It's just you have to temper your expectations until you see any of it actually play out. Because right now I feel like there's a – people might hear this and just go, oh, is our defense going to be bad again? Because <laughs> we're giving out fives and sixes and fours. Here's the thing about this defense – the guys that they are replacing, the guys that they are losing, nobody would view them as irreplaceable. That's the thing. Yeah. So we are viewing the new guys in the context of the old guys and just the way they played in 2020. Nobody is saying, well, they can't replace Jonathan Cooper. Nobody is saying you can't replace Pete Warner. Pete Warner's a good player. I think you can replace him. You know, Sean Wade, we all know Sean Wade. I don't think Sean Wade is irreplaceable. Whereas, again, to think if they if these same guys were replacing Chase Young and Jeff Okuda, right, then I think yeah. you'd actually end up having more questions about them because it's the comparison to the previous guys where it's like, you know what, I'll take my shot with these linebackers because we know what the previous linebackers did. Maybe these guys will be just as good or better. So it affects our viewpoint. All right, another break. Back with the defensive line. Next on Buckeye Talk. All right, Nathan, you want to start tackles or ends? Um, dealer's choice, whatever you want to do. Right, ends are, go- I think, easier. And tackles are, are easier? Get, yeah, tackles, I think, are the wide receivers of the defense where things get interesting. All right, let's do ends then first. Jonathan Cooper, gone, but that's it. Right, Nathan? That's the only guy they really lost there? Correct. So, yeah, I think your starters are Tyreek Smith and Zach Harrison. I think the backups are Tyler Friday Javante Jean-Baptiste and probably Jack Sawyer getting in the mix as well. I think it's probably another five-man look next year. Is this the same kind of thing that, that we have talked about of where like that superstar defensive end as a freshman works in just like Chase Young, right? We use that example. Who'd we use that example for? Oh, well, we thought of um, Cooper would be it this year, but like that five, yeah, we thought we, wrong on yeah, that. we thought it would be the fifth year senior last year, but this, this year it will actually be the five-star freshman. So that he'll be like Chase Young was in 2017 when he had four veteran guys that he has a role. But I also do think, I don't know that Javante Jean-Baptiste and Tyler Friday are NFL draft picks where those, no, Nick Bosa, Sam Hubbard, Tyquan Lewis, Jalen Holmes, all were future NFL guys and Chase was behind them. I think Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith, of course, first team guys. Steven, I think it's possible Jack Sawyer starts stealing snaps greater than just being, I think it's, if you said right now, for both of you, will Jack Sawyer be fifth in snaps among the defensive ends at the end of the season? Or will he be third or fourth? Or will he be like sixth or seventh? Which, which of those would you pick? Fifth, fourth. better than fifth, or worse than fifth? Fourth. And yeah, it's better, better than fifth. Yeah, I'd say it's better by than the fifth time too. they get to – I don't have the schedule. But by the time they get to maybe the Penn State game or something, that's when you see those snaps take off. I think that makes sense. But Nathan, I agree with where you have this now, but it is, they have a lot of guys back. I mean, this is the rotation minus Jonathan Cooper, Steven. I mean, this is kind of like you said, Steven, the ends are kind of easy. Yeah. 
And then because honestly, everybody else who's listed as an end of scholarship chart, we're going to probably be able to make a case that they might move back inside as a way to segue us here. Because there were only five ends that played this year. Jonathan Cooper, 361 for snaps. Smith, 248. Harrison, 213. Jean-Baptiste, 156. Friday, 144. And then Noah Potter played 18. So they, they had five guys that played sort of equally and one guy left. So you have the same four guys back. You replace Cooper with Sawyer and you go. And that seems, Nathan, that's, that's basically what you did. That seems to make sense right now. Yeah, I think then the only question is, you know, okay, so they're all back. I mean, they all slot in so easily. But I do think there is still a, a feeling that that group still needs to raise its level a little bit. That, that just playing at last year's level may not be enough to get Ohio State where it needs to go. You know, somebody needs to have more than five sacks next year. They can't be in this three-sack level. They, somebody needs to have maybe even more than seven. Now, for the sake of mentioning it, because we don't know when he's actually going to sign, he has between February 3rd and, I don't know, the end of the spring to do so. JT Tumalau is still favored to go, come to Ohio State, and so that would give you six. And I, him and Sawyer are going to play if he comes here. So I am wondering – you ask who or is Jack Sawyer third or fourth? I think we get into a situation where two true freshmen are third or fourth on his team in snaps. Also, just to mention them, Noah Potter, Ty Hamilton, Jacoby Cowan, and Darian Henry Young. Can't forget about Darian Henry Young. Other yeah. young guys who potentially could be in the mix, but I feel like a lot of those guys are just stacked up for when now, now and again, then a year from now, we're going to be in a position where, okay, like Tyreek Smith is going to be gone. Tyler Friday is going to be gone. Does Zach Harrison go pro as a junior? And all of a sudden you have a big exodus from the defensive end room and all those younger guys get their chance. There's just, there's four veteran guys coming back and you've got to be special to sort of squeeze in there. But it just so happens Jack Sawyer's special. JT Tumalaf becomes a special and they might get in there. But Nathan, pretty, pretty simple actually to line this up. Yeah. I mean, again, you're only losing one guy. You happen to have a five-star who's one of the best recruits in the country coming in. That this this just did itself basically. All right, tackle a little more complicated, a little bit, but actually not really because of the news that we got Tuesday um, when both Haskell Garrett and Antoine Jackson announced that they're coming back. So I'm I'm sitting in a, a Kroger parking lot texting and posting about Haskell Garrett coming back, and uh, by then like I it this I thought came together pretty simply. I think Haskell Garrett starts at three technique. I think your starter at nose is either Antoine Jackson or, or John Cage. Cage started in the national championship game, but Jackson played more snaps per the guys, 11 Warriors. And I think Teron Vincent's the, the backup at three tech. Steven, you agree? Yeah, I, I agree. I think, but I also, yes, I agree with the, the, the two deep, but I also think there's a, a, or maybe Larry Johnson wants to get back to having three deep at each of those spots. And so then, as I was saying with some of those guys that you mentioned with the defensive events, does Jacoby Cowan move back inside or does you know, Darion Henry Young move back inside? Um, you know, I think some of those guys, you, what's kind of the same what you do with the cornerback or the defensive back where you start them on the outside moving back in. I think some of those guys are going to move back inside this season. They also like maybe play three stack. I say they also like Ty Hamilton a lot. I think his snaps this yeah, past year came at defensive tackle more than at yeah. defensive end. Yeah, and they like to do that. They like to do that. They, they, they teach us some outside pass rush moves, and then you bulk up, and then all of a sudden you're a tackle with pass rush moves, and that's kind of the whole deal. You're Adolphus Washington or Draymond Jones, and that works out for everybody. Just again, 
they really leaned on Haskell Garrett and Tommy Togiai this year. And again, so 19, Steven, as you mentioned, it's like a six man rotation. They're just weaving guys in and out in, in 2020 it's two starters and then backups. I mean, like it's yes. Other guys played, but it was obvious. These were the two guys you relied upon Haskell Garrett, 311 snaps, Tommy Togi, 297 Antoine Jackson. And, and by the way, Tommy Togi, 297 did not play in the national championship game. Antoine mm-hmm. Jackson, 189, Teron Vincent, 150, Jaron Cage, 109. And then nobody else really had snaps that mattered. So Nathan, again, we're talking about the depth chart, but how do you imagine this works out? Do you think that Haskell Garrett is going to wind up just playing like a boatload of snaps where at the end of next year, he'll have a, a 200 more snaps than any other interior defensive lineman. And the rest of it is more of a, of a timeshare. Yeah, I think it's it's a similar ratio to what he played this year at, at worst. I mean, remember, he was coming into the season off of like the worst possible circumstances almost to start a season. I mean, you got shot in the face a, a month before this first game or whatever, and then having to like turn around and be ready for week one and start making plays. Um, so I, I think a, a, a normal offseason, cross your fingers for the guy. Um, he can go into next season, be even stronger, be even better shape. And, and can get started on the, the right foot. So I think the, the thing that's the real X factor to me is Tron Vincent. Like, what is he? How healthy can he be? What impact can he make? And is he a guy that could maybe even get snaps at nose? I know he's not a conventional nose, but if he's if he's if he can execute well enough, maybe he's a guy that you try to get more snaps that way without having to take snaps away from Garrett. Uh, but right now, I mean, I think you know Cage and Jackson now have decent experience at nose it's not a spectacular setup there, but it's solid at worst. And again, Garrett could be spectacular. Garrett, what he showed this year um, with a full season unleashed could, could make that jump up into like true all American status. Again, Can I be Ron- mean again, real quick. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, we like okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. We like okay, it. cool. Um, I'm giving six months of the Haskell Garrett got shot in the face storyline. And then it's got to, we got to drop that because it was a great storyline this season because he also played so well. But once we no, I'll get, I'll give it to the to kickoff of the Minnesota game. Once we get to that, that's got to go away. We can no longer bring up oh, and he got shot in the face anymore because he's a good player. So let him be a good player. You're Man. really getting quite mean. I mean, I, I, don't, I mean, I, I anti Tom Rinaldi. <laughs> I'm just saying, this it's is cool yeah, in really- the moment, but let it go. We're That's gonna we, we we're talking about Buckeye Talk merch, and I think one of the f- t-shirts should just be say Buckeye Talk, and then it's just Steven punching Tom Rinaldi in the face. <laughs> no, just, <laughs> just make it no, there it is. There's my slogan. Can I be mean real quick? Buckeye talk. And make the, the S in my last name a little smaller so it has a little slogan to it. Oh boy, oh boy. I would buy that. I would buy that company. We're talking about we want to sort of like develop uh the Buckeye Talk page on the Cleveland.com website. Steven gets mean. It's just like, it would be like yeah. a great little thing, whether it's a video segment or you just ranting about something. I, I like the idea of it. Uh, Teron Vincent, by the way, who we talked a lot about in the off season coming into this year, a reminder, number 20 overall player in the class of 2018. And that highly rated 2018 Ohio state recruiting class. That was number two in the country. Nicholas Petit Frere was the highest rated guy. Number seven, overall player Teron Vincent next. This will be the fourth. He'll be a fourth year guy. Lost all of last year at injury, basically. But in 2021, he'll be a fourth-year guy who's a five-star recruit. 
and on our list of now he doesn't quite fit the you know third year starter go to the NFL but on our list of like guys who might pop right Nathan I mean we thought maybe it would happen this year and then Haskell Garrett ended up popping in the way that maybe we thought Teron Vincent would pop Teron Vincent will be high on the list of potential poppers for next year he was on my Lattimore hooker watch list last year. There was only four guys on it, and he was one of them. Um, Tommy Togi was not, so that tells you a little bit about how smart we are, I suppose, or or me. I'll take, I'll fall on that grenade since I actually did, you know, write the story. <laughs> uh, but no, I think, and we still haven't seen him healthy, right? Uh, somebody was asked about him. Might have been Garrett. It was Garrett or Togi. I think was asked about him here during the playoff when we were doing some interviews, and they brought up him having had surgery. Like it sounded like somewhat proximal to the season, right? Like relatively uh, close to the season, somewhere in the summer. So I don't think we've seen Teron Vincent healthy yet. I certainly haven't seen him. I mean, I didn't see him at all in 2019. And I don't think we got to see him with what he wanted to be this past year. So he's another guy that I think having a conventional year, whatever that means in the pandemic, having something approaching to a conventional offseason and going in healthy to the start of next season could mean big things for him if, if he plays up to his potential and now you're you're kind of comboing him and Garrett at three technique that becomes a really really interesting position yeah I was going to bring that up I am wondering when exactly did he return to football activities last offseason because that may yeah. have because I don't think he played against Nebraska either did he um Oh, I can check the snap count. I have it up right here. I, I can't remember. No, he, he didn't play against Nebraska in that first week either. His first snaps came against Penn State. So I am wondering when he, when exactly did he get back to football activities and was a full go? Because that might have impacted some of his ability this year. So I th- this is a separate podcast, but I want to tease it here quickly. According to 247 Sports in the 2018 recruiting class, Ohio State had 13 guys who ranked among the top 100 players in the country in that class. Guess how many of those 13 will be at the moment, at least on the roster in 2021? Because again, if it goes according to plan, right? That's these guys are now, they've had three years of college. So if you pop and go, you know, the 2017 class, the guys, a lot of guys didn't come back for their fourth year. Chase Young and Jeff Okuda and JK Dobbins were gone. Of those 13, how many are back for 20 fields included in that 13? No. No, I, I no, it's not. I know it's ten because one of them was dismissed, another one transferred, and the other one's Tommy Togi. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was either nine or ten. Yeah, yeah. Brian Sneed dismissed, Jalen Gill transferred. Only one guy went to the NFL early. A top, the number two class in the country. Thirteen guys in the top one hundred. Only one leaves for the NFL after three years. That's Tommy Togi. So, like, what is that, right? I guess it's not quite developing your five stars the way you would hope, but it goes back to that is quite a talent boatload that remains here if some of those guys start popping now in year four. The, the, the one slight wrinkle there is that that class includes a guy that we think should be in the NFL next year, which is Chris Olave, right, who we all thought was going to be leaving early to go to the NFL. And I think you could um, – somebody else is just in my head that that kind of applied to too. Now I've lost. Um, well, Nicholas, Petit Petit Nicholas Petit Frere. Yeah. I mean, another guy who, who played at a, a NFL draft pick level this past year. And as far as we know, did not declare for the draft. And I don't think anybody's actually reported that he announced anything or anything. So we're all assuming he's coming back. So, I mean, that's two more guys. It, it would make it a little bit less. The, the inequality wouldn't quite be there, but I still it goes to your point that there's still a, a large chunk of that class that is, is still proving itself. 
And it's one and of those things. Tyreek Smith and, and uh, Jeremy Ruckert, who Ruckert yeah. could have left. Ruckert's another one, yeah, yeah. And, and people love Tyreek Smith's upside at the NFL level. So those are two extra guys who could have left as well. So it's one of those things. It's like, right, I mean, it's good and bad. I mean, if, if Tyreek Smith and Jeremy Ruckert and Nicholas Petit Frere had played at the level where it was like, well, of course, I mean, they're all going to be picked in the top 20 of the draft. They have to go, right? Then maybe Ohio State beats Alabama. I don't know. Maybe that's saying too much. But they played well, but not so well that they had to leave. And the result is you have a bunch of pretty darn good football players who are top 100 recruits back for a fourth year, right? And what it means for, for 2021, it's good. And in 2020, you were the second best team in the country. So what are you complaining about, right? And listen, Chase Young and, J- and J.K. Dobbins and Jeff Okuda, they all left after three years. And they didn't get to the national championship game in their last year. So it's like, what are you going to do? So this 18 class, there is quite a bit of potential left. I mean, it's one of those things we always, I mean, I always love the thing that Urban said, the first two years are on the coaches, the third year is on you. There's a lot of guys like fourth year, brothers. Like what? I don't know what to tell you. It's your fourth year. Some of you have been very good, but you can be better. Some of you have been okay. Some of you hadn't really gotten a chance yet because all these linebackers we're talking about fitting there. Dallas Gantt, Kayvon Pope, Taraja Mitchell are in this class. But it's all, all of this is on all of them now because when you go through it, let's just do this real quick and then we'll do a bigger podcast on the 18 class. All right, I'll read the guys and you guys just keep track of who we think will be a starter in 2021. You know what? Let's save it. We'll do it on a later podcast. That's, great that's tease great, though. Great that's tease. great podcast. Once, I have you wanting more. I mean, this Part of be- our Part of our discussion during a staff call today that went too long was about how we keep the podcast from going too long. How do we do everything we do goes too long? Staff meetings, podcasts. What is the what is the common factor in all those things? Buckeye talk. I mean, I was at a Browns podcast today that we had to cut in half in the middle of the podcast because it went too long. And those guys were like, what oh, so are it's we you. We did a Browns podcast. The one guy's computer shut off because he was like, I, th- I always just charge up my computer and it's always fine. And this was the first time it went over and my computer shut down. And I was like, welcome to the Buckeye Talk experience. Oh, so, it was awesome because you kept texting us. It's like, hey, we need another 20 minutes. Hey, yeah. we need another 30 minutes. Hey, we have to do this after the staff meeting. Yeah, I moved our Buckeye Talk back five times because the Browns podcast wouldn't end. So, yeah, I think we know what the problem is. All right, so we'll do that later. But let's end with this. Let's do our defensive line grades. Nathan. What do you have for the defensive line? If Togi and I were coming back, I think this would be like an eight and a half. As it is, I'm going to go seven until the defensive ends show me there's that next gear there. Steven? Seven, even with even if they had shown me the next gear there because Togi is a big hit. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, like, there is a chance, right? Is there not a chance that Tyreek Smith and Zach Harrison set the world on fire next year? This could be a 10. Honestly, if, if was, Teron Vincent shows up, if the nose tackle is just is pretty good, Haskell Garrett is Haskell Garrett again, and those ends do what we think they should be doing, this could easily be a 10. We thought there was a chance they would do it this year too, though. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. So I'll say 7.5, but I get the, the potential of money down in a game that matters, and it's Haskell Garrett, Teron Vincent, Zach Harrison, and Tyreek Smith. The potential of that foursome, right? Is like, what else do you want, man? I don't know what else you want. And then you're telling me you've got Antoine Jackson 
and Tyler Friday and Jack Sawyer and like guys like that also there to help out. I mean, the, the potential is, is quite a thing there, but I do think it's important. I just wanted to, to say this real quick. Again, the way they leaned on Garrett and Togiai, the overall snap count maybe didn't even tell it enough. For instance, in the Big Ten championship game, Togiai had 51 snaps. Garrett had 49. No other interior defensive lineman had more than 19. That's how much they leaned on those two. In the Penn State game, Togiai had 42. Garrett had 33. No other defensive lineman had more than 16. Like, that's how much they were leaning on these guys. It was not close to a rotation. And so to make up, boy, just the difference of if they had lost Garrett and Togiai, you'd really be in an interesting spot. Garrett back is gigantic, but you really do have a lot to make up for Togiai because they really, really, really leaned on that guy this year. But great potential. I think an interesting thing to say is Haskell Garrett had 61 snaps in the national championship game when Togiai wasn't there. That is that is a boatload of snaps for an interior while defense. Vincent, yeah, while Teron Vincent, who was his backup, played 25, which wasn't even the most he'd played all year. That you That's who you trusted. In that moment. And that's every, those guys, every snap you're slamming into a, a dude. I mean, mm-hmm. the, you don't get a, You don't get a, da- it's a down off when you're an interior defensive lineman. So that's how much they asked to those guys. That's how big of a deal it is that Haskell Garrett is back. Just to recap real quickly, secondary scale of one to 10, 4.5, five and six linebackers, five, six, and seven defensive line, seven, seven, and 7.5. Not a lot of sure things. A very, interesting defense with some top end potential for 2021. All right. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back on uh, Friday with something else. we got to figure out what it is. We have some NFL stuff to do. We have some assistant coach stuff to do. We have this 18 recruiting class, but again, we are on a Tuesday through Saturday Buckeye talk schedule uh, until further notice. So this is your Thursday podcast. That means two more this week. We appreciate you guys listening. Drop the reviews at Apple podcasts for Buckeye talk. Make sure you're reading cleveland.com slash OSU. And try the text 14-day free trial at 614-350-3315. For Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>